0: Hey everyone, this is Amal Matu from University of Maryland School of Medicine. We're gonna spend a little time talking about must know EKG findings. I'm gonna be back in a few minutes to go through some take-home points, but first, let's go to the slides. Well, we're gonna talk about something that I refer to as beware the septal pseudostemi. What in the world does this refer to? Well, let's jump right into a case here. This is an 80-year-old man that was brought in by ambulance for chest pain and shortness of breath, On exam, he looks pretty sick. He's tachycardic, tachyptic, His blood pressure is probably a little bit low for his baseline. Pulse ox, mid-90s, we get a quick 12-lead ECG. This is actually the pre-hospital 12-lead ECG. And I'll ask you, if you saw this being transmitted, would you activate the cath lab? Or if this were the 12-lead that you got right in front of you, would you activate the cath lab for this 12-lead ECG? Well, the computer is telling you that you ought to go ahead and activate the cath lab. There's obviously what appears to be a septal STEMI. There's ST elevation V1, V2, also in AVR, which we have learned to really worry about, and maybe a little bit of ST segment elevation in lead three as well. It's not in the other inferior leads, so we're not going to call it an inferior STEMI, but there's clearly a septal STEMI, with ST elevation in AVR and for all the world, this looks like a septal STEMI. But as the title of this presentation demonstrates, you need to be whenever you call something a septal STEMI, especially if there is this very, very important finding in lead one that oftentimes gets ignored. There's a large S wave. In other words, a rightward axis or almost bordering on a full blown rightward axis. I refer to this as a rightward-ish axis. There's a large S wave in lead one, and that is not normal. It's not typical for a STEMI. It's not impossible, but here's the key point. Whenever you see what you think is a septal STEMI with elevation and AVR, but there turns out to be a large S wave or a rightward-ish axis, take a step Or two or three away from STEMI and instead think about a couple of alternative possibilities. Now, whoever pays attention to rightward axis, after this presentation, I hope you'll pay a little bit of extra attention to rightward axis. This is the full differential for rightward axis. It's more the internal medicine differential. So I'm not gonna ask you to memorize this, but these are the things that can produce a rightward axis. Now, in emergency medicine, we might be more inclined to think, what are the things that produce a new rightward axis? And these are the entities that tend to produce a new rightward axis. We've got massive PE, in other words, uh, acute pulmonary hypertension, we've got sodium channel blocking drugs, hyperkalemia and misplaced leads, which is relatively common, but let's pre- that you've double-checked the leads and we can ignore this. Well, we can narrow the differential down even more. When you've got new rightward axis and there's ST segment elevation, these are the few things that you've got to think about. Acute PE can produce ST elevation, it's not commonly taught, but it's something that you've gotta know. ST elevation can also occur in hyperkalemia, another thing that's not commonly taught, but something that you've gotta know. And sodium channel blocking drugs, by the way, these two entities are very, very similar. Sodium channel blocking drugs and hyperkalemia Really, are are sister conditions. They can look very, very similar because hyperkalemia essentially is a sodium channel poison. But anyway, I'm digressing. These are the things that you've got to know. And so, if you're debating these things, well, you can think about the history. Did the patient overdose on anything? Does the patient have renal failure? And acute PE is the patient maybe tachycardic and tachypnic and complaining of shortness of breath. When in doubt, you're going to pull out your bedside ultrasound, and that's exactly what we did in this case, and you see a massively distended right ventricle pushing inwards on the intraventricular septum, and this of course is a massive PE, producing hemodynamic compromise. Key point here again, when you see ST elevation with what appears to be a septal STEMI, especially with elevation in AVR, and then you happen to look at the axis, which you should always be doing, and you see that there's a rightward-ish axis, a big S wave in lead one, don't call it a STEMI until after you've considered big PE, hyper-K, and sodium channel blocker toxicity. There's actually an a handful of articles that have been produced over the past five, maybe ten years or so, that have talked about rightward axis and ST segment elevation mimicking septal STEMI as findings that you encounter in large PEs, submassive and massive PEs. These are just some references that I'd refer you to. I'm not going to go through the details here. But essentially what these articles say is that when you're looking at a very large, potentially hemodynamically destabilizing PE, or those PEs that are associated with morbidity and mortality, these are the typical findings that you encounter. You see signs of right heart strain. What are the signs of right heart strain? T-wave inversions in the right precordial leads ST elevation, there it is. And even ST depression, which most commonly occurs in the rightward-ish leads. What are the rightward-ish leads? What are the leads that look at the right side of the heart? V1, V2, AVR, and sometimes also lead three. Those are the leads where you often will encounter ST elevation, mimicking a septal STEMI. Tachycardia, everybody knows about that. It's not as common as we've been led to believe, but anyway, anyway, tachycardia usually will be there in a massive PE and then signs of other, other signs of right heart strain, including a rightward axis. Again, nobody ever pays attention to axis. You've got to respect rightward axis and a tall R wave in V1. Well, these are a lot of things, again, to remember. So I've just tried to highlight the things that are worth remembering for this presentation. And by the way, ST elevation in these leads That's a mimic of a septal STEMI, but what have we said a few times already? When you see rightward axis, don't call it a STEMI until after you've at least thought about pulmonary embolism. Let's look at a few more cases. This patient has ST elevation V1, a tad bit in V2, a, V, R, and there's a relatively large S wave bordering on a rightward axis. This is a massive PE. It's not a STEMI. Here's another case. ST elevation, V1, not much in V2, maybe a little bit, but A, V, R, and a big rightward axis. Here's another case. This patient was brought in from the airport, and so I had a great history for PE. ST elevation, V1, V2, A, V, R, with a big S wave in lead one or rightward axis. Here's another patient, 24 years old paraplegic patient, who of course is a setup for PE. You see the computer's trying to fool you by calling it a STEMI. ST elevation V1, V2, AVR with a big S wave in lead one. Here's another case, ST elevation V1, not much in V2, but where's AVR It's down here and a big S wave up there in lead one. This was a massive PE. Here's another one. ST elevation, V1, not much in V2, but AVR with a big rightward axis. Again, V1 and AVR are the classic leads that look at the right side of the heart. So those two leads in particular are gonna be elevated and you're gonna have that rightward axis. So key points here for this first part of the discussion ECG findings for PE, sinus tachycardia, everyone learns about that. You can get atrial or ventricular rhythms. Everyone learns about that. But you've got to know the signs of right heart strain because those represent the big PEs. What are they? rightward axis, incomplete right bundle, in other words, the tall R wave in V1, T wave inversions in the anteroceptal, sometimes the inferior leads, and ST changes. And that's the key thing that most people don't learn. ST elevation can occur in the rightward-ish leads. What are the leads that look at the right side of the heart? Most commonly V1 and AVR, sometimes V2, sometimes lead three. But again, if you've ever looked at a patient who has what appears to be a septal stemi v1 v2 avr and there's a rightward axis don't call it a stemi you've got to first think about pe let's move on to another case this was sent by a physician in san francisco here's a patient who's in his upper 40s coming in with nausea vomiting for the past 12 hours he's got some burning epigastric pain history of diabetes he get a 12 lead And this is what you see. Hey, take a look, there's a septal STEMI, V1, V2, AVR, and there's a rightward-ish axis. So what are you thinking of number one? It's not a STEMI. The first thing you've got to think about is PE. But what else is on our differential? Remember we talked about that just a little while ago. Are you gonna activate the cath lab? Well, no, because you're sitting here in this lecture looking at this stuff and you're thinking about PE But there's a couple of other things on your differential and that included tricyclic overdose or sodium channel blocker overdose. And remember what the other thing was? It was severe hyperkalemia. So you've got to think about hyperkalemia when you see this pattern also. And now that you're thinking hyperkalemia, hey, take a look at those pointy T-waves And that's exactly what this turned out to be. This was hyperkalemia with a potassium level of 7.3. And after treatment, take a look. V1, V2, AVR, it's all normalized. The axis normalized also. The patient gets some calcium, some sodium bicarb, some insulin, your normal treatment, and everything goes right back to normal. So let's go back to the differential we talked about before. Remember, when you see ST elevation mimicking a septal STEMI with elevation in V1, AVR, sometimes V2 and sometimes lead 3 the leads that kind of look at the right side of the heart. The first thing you're thinking of is PE, but these are the second and third things that you're thinking of. Could this be an overdose? Could this be hyperkalemia? Of course, hyperkalemia is very common. What's going to tell you you're looking at either of these two versus this your history it's okay to do a history on patients you don't have to do tests do a history and that'll help distinguish between these and also take a look at the rest of the 12 lead. look for those peak t waves let's look at some cases of hyperkalemia mimicking a septal STEMI. take a look your machine as always is trying to fool you i don't think anybody would miss this because you're approaching the sine wave but your computer is not gonna pick this up. Your computer is totally screwing up the heart rate also because it's picking up the T waves as QRS complexes, so it's doubling the rate. Anyway, it kind of looks like maybe there's a little elevation, V1, V2, maybe lead three, AVR, and there's a big S wave in lead one, but no one's gonna miss this. This is pretty obvious. Take a look at this. This would be possibly misdiagnosable as a septal STEMI. There's ST elevation, V1, V2, AVR, but there's a rightward axis. This was hyperkalemia. Here's another one. Are these just gigantic QRS complexes really wide or is this massive ST elevation? Well, V1, V2, AVR, and there's a rightward axis. Don't call this a STEMI, this is hyperkalemia. Here's another one, the computer called this a STEMI thinking this was massive ST elevation in V1 and in V2 and in AVR and rightward axis, that's hyperkalemia. Here's another one, computer called this a septal STEMI as well. Elevation V1, V2, AVR and a rightward axis, it's hyperkalemia. This 63 year old man was misdiagnosed as having a STEMI and transferred across town to our cath lab. And the presumption was ST elevation, V1, V2, AVR. Nobody noticed the axis. Patient arrives in our cath lab and the cardiologist looked at this and said immediately, oh, this is hyperkalemia. This is not a STEMI. Here's another one. This looks like a STEMI also, right? ST elevation, V1, V2, AVR, but There's a rightward axis, and STEMIs don't tend to produce a rightward axis. This is hyperkalemia, right? So again, key points for hyperkalemia. We've learned about PT waves. Everybody knows about that. We've learned about the wide QRS. Everyone knows about that. And the sine wave. Well, hyperkalemia can do a lot of other things as well, but one of the things it's notorious for doing is producing pseudo ischemic patterns with ST segment elevation. And in particular, when the potassium gets really bad, you get a rightward axis, a big S wave in lead one. So when you see that gigantic S wave in lead one, don't call it a STEMI until after you've thought about PE, hyperkalemia, and your sodium channel blocker toxins. Remember again, this is not commonly taught, but hyperkalemia very often does produce ST elevation. And when it does, it's usually in the leads that are looking at the right side of the heart. All right, I'm back. Well, let's do some take home points for this presentation. Please remember that large PEs and hyperkalemia, and as an aside, sodium channel blocker toxins can often mimic STEMI with ST segment elevation, especially in those right-sided leads. Remember, what are those right-sided leads? Most commonly, you're gonna see it in V1 and AVR. Sometimes you'll also see it in V2, and occasionally you might see it in lead three as well. But in particular, when you see ST elevation in these two leads and there's a rightward-ish axis, a big S wave in lead one, don't call it a STEMI until after you've thought about large PE hyperkalemia, and sodium channel blocker toxicity. STEMIs just don't tend to produce a rightward axis. I'm not gonna say it never happens, but rarely it happens. And that's why I think you should knock it down your differential. You're not gonna remove it from the differential, but you knock it lower on your differential. And think about these other three possibilities first. And finally, key point I wanna leave you with, please pay attention to the axis. Most people just ignore the axis. But it's really important to pay attention to the axis, especially rightward axis. When you see a big S wave in lead one or the rightwardish axis, there's a few things in emergency medicine which are deadly that you've got to think about. So at least think about those things when you see that rightwardish axis. Otherwise, you might just lose a life. All right, folks. Well, I hope these cases have been helpful. And uh, my thanks for your attention. Thank you so much.